Hey, Jay Calloway here, pastor of The Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. What a great day it is to be alive. I hope you feel that. I hope that you are so encouraged in what God is doing in your life. You know, we are fastly moving through this 2022, and I am so excited about it. Listen, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Jay, my wife Vicki and I. We lead this amazing church called The Gate. We're based in Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland area, but we're just all over the region and everywhere and campuses and hubs, and we just want to welcome you in and thank you, thank you so much for being a part and just joining with us. And we are excited about what God has to, for each one of us as we link together to do an incredible, incredible thing in pushing back the uh, gates of hell. You know, the Bible says that in Matthew. It says there that the, uh, the church of Jesus Christ will prevail against the gates of hell. That's an advancing church because you see, gates don't move. The gates don't move anywhere. Um, doors don't move. They are stationary. But when we push back on them, that's meaning that we're taking ground. And I pray to God that you're taking ground in your family, in your finances, in your friendships, that you're taking ground in your community, in all different areas. And that's what we're all about. And that's what we want to be for you. Well, I'm excited about this brand new sermon series that we have just started. We launched it last week in our celebrate, our gate celebration. You know, that's our once a month gathering that we all, we come together, we gather all of our hubs, our campuses together, and we go in. And I know that many of you were online with us as well, and we're responding, and we are so excited. And we launched out this entire um, sermon series that we're in right now called Open. And I believe that there are some strategic things that we can do to unleash the blessings and the openness of heaven. You know, a lot. Of, so, so many times over the last few weeks and months and maybe even the last couple of years, I've heard this thing that there is an open heaven over us. And I want to say to you this, I believe that there is always an open heaven over us. I believe that heaven is never closed. But what we can do is we can allow ourselves to live in such a way that even though heaven was so desperately wanting to bless us, heaven is open in that idea. We can almost as if it were to shut the spigot of heaven's blessing um, off, that we can close the door to the blessings of heaven, shut the windows down as if you would to, to the things that what God has for each one of us. And I just want you to know that I believe that God wants us to live in such a way that it would open up heaven. And last week, we started uh, launching that out. And can I just say that in, in an open heaven and, and opening up, it operates out of our stewardship. It operates out of how we handle those things in life that we've been given. You know, I believe that it's very important for us to understand that we are given three things that only we can control, and that is our time, our money, and the gifts that God gives us. And as we learn how to operate in those and steward those things, you see, their money is not ours, the time is not ours, and the giftings that God has put inside of us are not ours. There are his that he has given us to steward. 
And I believe that it is so important for those areas. And when we understand that, then we can begin to see the open heaven. We can begin to see the doors and the storehouse of heaven uh, flow out. And as we have, as we talked about it last week, I want to kind of unpack this a little bit more in in the coming weeks. And, and today, I really want to unpack the idea of that your gift opens doors for you. Your gift is a one that goes that that does incredible things. Do you see? You were born with giftings in you. You were born with the capacity to produce wealth. We've talked about that over several weeks, over the last few few months that we've that we've been together. But I also believe that within that there is something so powerful about how we handle our finances. You see, when we, align, when we are willing to allow God to be the God of our finances, the God of our time, the God of our giftings, and all of that, and understand that He's the one that dictates all of that and calls the shots in those three areas of our life, He begins to open up things, and we align ourselves with Him, and we align ourselves with the Word of God. And that's when the true blessings come. That's when heaven opens up. In fact, in Malachi, the third chapter in verse 8, uh, you've got your Bible there. Open up your Bible to that, and, and let's read it together. And I want you to, I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation, and I believe it's a really incredible one because it's so clear to what it says there. But it says there in verse 8, starting with that, it says, Begin by being honest. Do, do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. I just want you to take a pause for a moment and think about the idea of robbing God. That's, that's, that, that is insane to me on the, that we would even have the ability to rob God. And yet he says that. And they say, and, and then you might ask, how have we robbed you? And he says they're in the tithes and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. And I want to stop right there for a moment and say what that means there is this. If our finances, if our time and our giftings are ours, there's no way we can rob God because they're mine. I can look at somebody and, and, and take, look at them and, and somebody could come over and just uh, manhandle me or knock me to the ground and take my jacket off and take it and they've robbed me. But if I give this to them, they haven't robbed me. Or if, they, if I don't give it, or if I let them use it for a moment in time, and I say, hey, it's a little cold outside, go ahead and wear my jacket, and I take my jacket off and I give it to them, I says, you can borrow it for, for whatever you need. But if they never give it back, then it's robbing me. Simply because I didn't give it to them for them to have and to own, but I gave it to them for them to use, for them to make sure it's taken care of. Each time I go into a nice restaurant and I have a coat on, I take off my coat and I hand it to the coat check person. And that coat check person will put it there and, and safekeeping for it. And for the time that I'm eating my dinner, they are the stewards of my jacket. It's not their jacket, it's my jacket. If I go back and say, I need my jacket back, and they say, I don't have it, or I gave it away, then in reality, I could go to somebody and say, that person, that coat check person that you have working for you, they robbed me. But you might sit there and say, but you gave it to them. 
but I only gave it to them to take care of it while I was doing something else. Can I tell you the same per way that God is saying to us is, listen, I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to understand the things that you have. I'm the manager of all. I'm giving you this life and I'm giving you this time and I'm giving you these gifts and I'm giving you this finances, these resources for you to steward. And here's what I want you to do with them. I want you to bring the tithe. That's 10% of anything that you've made, anything that you have. I want you to give it to me, give it back to me and put it in the treasury of the temple or the treasury of the house of God. I want you to give it back to them and so that you can show that you understand who's the owner of all of this. And might I say, when that happens, he goes on and says this, there there will be ample provisions in my house, in my temple, in my place of worship. Test me in this and see if I won't open up heaven. There it is, there it is. Again, it is a key to the window, to the door, to the treasure house of heaven for the blessings to flow down. Those blessings would be blessings of knowledge, blessings of finance, blessings of, uh, of healing, blessings of, uh, of supernatural ability. Those gifts that begin to come out that are in a powerful way are linked directly to your finances. When we understand that principle of the tithe, when we understand the principle of the offering, we will realize that it's just like our coat. There's God has given us a coat to put on, and he says, I want you to manage this and protect it for me. And I only want to use it 10% of the time, or I only want to use 10% of that, and you can deal with the other 99, but can I tell you, even the other, or 90, <laughs> there's my math again, only 90%. And I heard somebody say, God, all God wants is 10%. He just wants 10% of my money. That's great. I can do whatever I want with the rest of the 90. But can we? Because if God owns it all, if he's the manager of everything, if that he can give us all of this and he can actually look at it when we don't put our finances in his hands, when we don't give of our finances at all, then he's going to look and say, you've robbed me in this. And you're living under a closed heaven. You're living under a curse. In other words, it is up to us to make sure that heaven stays open above us. And if we don't do that, then we can't sit back and say, oh, woe is me. I don't seem to ever, doors don't open for me. Those, those things, that, why is he getting favor? I was, hearing, I was listening to one man the other day in a message and he was talking about when he was looking at some other men of God and you're like, I want that kind of favor. I see what God is, how God's blessing him. I see how God's doing things in his life. I see what God is doing in, in, in his church. And I see what God is doing in his family. And I see what God is doing in that. And the one man that was sharing that in his message and he was talking to God and saying, I want what that person has. I want what that guy has. I want the kind of ministry he has. And I want the kind of family and the friends God just kind of quietly said to him, are you willing to do what he does to get the favor he has? Mm. My question to you today is this. In this message that we have about the open heaven and being open, are you willing to do what someone else has done in, according to their faith and according to what they're doing in order to get the kind of favor that they have? 
You see, what God is saying here is this, is he goes, test me in this. Test me in, my, in your offerings. Test me in your 10%. Test me in your giving. Lay it all down on the altar. You see, that tithe is nothing more than a first fruits that you give at the very top. You get, say you make $1,000. That first hundred, that hundred is there that goes back into the tithe. You might sit back there and go like, well, what is offering? Well, then that might be something that you're passionate about. Some of the giftings that you have that might be for giving to feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, uh, bringing education to those that are around. Maybe going in and saying, you know what? I want to help give some shoes to the homeless and clothe them. Maybe it's going in and helping make sure that the facilities of the church are, are up, to, uh, up to par and being able to do those things. Maybe it's to go find and, and be able to give in such a way that orphanages are built in every country of the, of the world. Who knows what it might be? It might be a missions idea. It might be a community idea or whatever. But those are your offerings. But that first, that 10%, the tithe that we talk about is literally the tithe is that, oh, that, that part that is non-negotiable with God. He says, I just want you to put it in the storehouse. I want to know that I'm first in your money, that I'm first in your time. I'm first in your gifts. And when he says that, he goes... I will defend you against, there's, there's that protection and there is those, those ideas of, of, of blessings that will go beyond your imagination. He says there, I love it how he says that, test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven and I will pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. You've been given dreams. I know you have. Every person on the planet has been given dreams. We see jo jo Joseph, the great dreamer, and he had a dream, and, and the dreams were kind of a little bit um, stark and sometimes when he saw his brothers bowing down to him. And, and, the one, and, and then in the story that Joseph was a, one of the youngest, he was the second youngest boy of the, uh, that ultimately been the 12 tribes of Israel. And Joseph is there, and he has this dream that, he's gonna, that all of his brothers are going to bow down. And then he has another dream that was interpreted that his mom and dad's going to bow down to him. And I mean to tell you, everybody got a little bit... Well, they just got their, they just kind of got all upset. They kind of got a little bit uh, um, agitated with him, and even more so than a little bit. But they took Joseph because they looked at him as being his, their favorite, his father's favorite, of which he kind of was. And he had a coat that was made with all colorful coat. We we know it as the uh, uh, you know the uh, coat of many colors. If you remember some Bible stories when you were a kid, and if and, and all of these things begin to go around in Joseph. And at one point, his brothers got so jealous because of his dream. But I want you to think about this for a moment. Whose dream really was it? Whose gifting was it? Whose, um, whose vision really was it? Was it his? Not if we read this right, that all gifts and all finances, all resources, all time is God's. He gave it to Joseph to steward. Ultimately, Joseph became the great emancipator of his family, the salvation of his family because of the great famine. But not before his brothers and his sisters got very upset with him and got very angry with him. And they put him in the, put him in a, uh, in the pit. And they told his father that he had died. They put blood all over that beautiful coat of colors. And as they did, they said he died. And, 
and through the course of the through the course of everything, God in his incredible providence brought Joseph out of this. Because it's God's dream, it's God's vision. And can I tell you that when God says, I'm going to pour out blessings on you that will be on your wildest dreams and beyond your wildest visions, it will pour out blessings on you that in one translation says you can't even contain it. It's not simply for you to have all kinds of things and say, oh, look at me. I gave. I, I, I'm, I'm a tither and I'm an offeringer and I give all of this that I can so that I can be all put up there on the, on the podium and look at me. I'm, I'm driving the best car and I'm dri- having the best house and I'm doing all of these things together. And God's going like, you're not understanding. I'm going to put a dream in you and then I'm going to blow your mind in the dream that I give you as long as you're faithful in these things. You see, a lot of times we're talking about giving gifts and, and, and we're, 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 ta- we're told that we're given gifts. But you know, in reality, I think a lot of times we feel like, oh, is this gift, uh, you know, strings attached. I read, a, I read a statistic the other day and talking about making room in our, in our lives, making room in our budget, making room in our time, making room in our giftings and everything for the things of God. And a lot of times people will say to me, Jay, I can't, I can't tithe. I don't, there's no way I can do it in my budget. Well, maybe we need to look at that budget and see where some, some places that money's leaking out or, 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 you know, there's a gap in there somewhere. I read a statistic the other day that said that uh, the average person is paying $720 a year in forgotten subscriptions. Maybe that, maybe that um, Netflix account that you forgot that you were, that it upgraded and you're paying 20 bucks a month instead of the eight, or maybe you don't even watch Netflix anymore. Maybe it's, a, it's an old um, uh, subscription to a newsstand or something like that that you have. It might be a, a subscription to, um, to a class that you were doing and you haven't even touched it for, for six months, a year, whatever the case, and you completely forgot about it. Or maybe it's one of those that says, hey, we're going to give you three free months. We're going to give you this gift. And here's this gift. We're going to give you three free months. And they're, they're banking on the fact that by the time that 90 days is over, you've forgotten about it, and now you're just paying it, and the finances is just leaking out. You see, this is a practical tip that I want to just share with you. What would happen if you just went through all of your things of, of, of you know, just indiscriminate finances going out or money going out to forgotten subscriptions? Or maybe you can put together a thing of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm buying way too much coffee. I'm doing this way too, I'm going out too much. Because you realize that your lifestyle has started cramping your God style. The finances in your life have begun to slip into the way you want them done and not the way God wants them done. And we say all of those things, and yet many times we will put an arm's length away from God and our finances, from God and our time, from God and our giftings, because he's the one that owns them, and we're just the manager or the steward. It's really interesting because there's times where I hear people say, I just want to get that promotion. I just, if I could just get my foot in the door, if I could just get my foot, if I could just meet the CEO, if I could just meet the mayor, if I could just meet that lawyer, if I could just meet the banker, I know that they would, that they would hear my heart. They would see my, my abilities and they would want me to work with them. 
Many years ago when I was first starting, I went out and I knew that I wanted to be a youth pastor and so I wrote every letter. I went to the, I went to the men that I knew the best and I went out there and I wrote letters to every single one and I said to them this, I says, your young people would be much better off if I was their youth pastor. And I, would, I wrote these letters out, and I sent them to some of the leading churches of our nation. I just wanted everybody to know that I felt like I could do that. There were some that says, Jay, I love you, but no. Others would say, I don't really have a place. But there was one man that said to me, Jay, I know your family, and we have always, they have always been so good to me, and we love your mom and dad. And I met him the fall before I actually moved here. And he says, there is a position open. He wrote me back and he says, there's a position open in a place. Would you mind if I sent your resume to him? And I said, that's not a problem. Go right ahead. And so he did. And I didn't know where it was at. And I got a phone call in 1989, in the beginning of January of 1989. I had just graduated from Bible school. And the phone call on that was another man on the other line. And he says, I hear you want to youth pastor in the Chicagoland area. And I had said to this gentleman that he had uh, before, he says, yes, that's, that's, that's where I've wanted to. I, I love Chicago and I want to go there. And he says, how would you like to be a youth pastor in Hammond, Indiana? I gotta be honest, I said to him, what does that have to do with Chicago? I was completely off in my geography and every other area. To make a long story short, that man was a young person in my father's, in my father's day of working with young people in the state of Illinois. And he remembered my name. And he knew that our family had done a lot of things for, uh, for church and everything else. And he calls me and he says, I would like to talk with you. Within less than two months, we were living here and we've been living here ever since. Simply because of one thing. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 16, a man's gift makes room for him. A man's gift opens doors for him and puts him in the place of great men. Now, I want to be honest with you. I was sitting there and walking through what was going to happen in my life and looking how I was going to follow God's plan. And I had no idea in the, as I was going through Bible school, as I was going through other places, that I would ever end up in my life's call from the very outset. And yet 33 years later, I am still preaching in Hammond. I'm still preaching in this in the area, uh, in the Northwest Indiana area. And now what's happening is, is our influence is going on greater and greater. You see, the reason why is because there's the principle of open. And the principle of open is simply this. Instead of going to great men and asking them for what they have, instead of going to God and say, give me, give me, give me, why don't we go to God and say, what can I do for you? Why don't we go to the great men of our region and the places and say, what, what can we do for you? What do you need? Where are you at? You see, shortly after I moved here, I had an opportunity to meet the mayor. And some people had said, as we had been going through now, and now I was the pastor, it was a few, it was a few years after I'd been here now. And the mayor calls me up and he just says, hey, I hear that, you need to, that I need to meet you. And we, had a good, good, we began a good friendship, a long friendship. But the one thing that I never asked, I never asked him for anything from us. I learned a lesson that my giftings, 
my finances and my time was going to make room for me as long as I kept my hand open and gave it away. So that first time that I met with, that, with the mayor of those days, I asked him, I said, what can we do for you? I have people, we have buildings, we have, we have a, a good, uh, we have a, a, a wonderful mission that we know will make the community better. What can I do? And he looks at me and he says to me, you're the first man that's ever come to me as a pastor or anyone and asked what I could do for, they're always asking me what I need to do for them. They're always asking me to fix the street, to do this, to do that, to open up this, to take care of that and everything else. And it seems pulling on says, no, I learned a long time ago that the, the, the concept of open says, what can I do for you? You see, Jesus, the great, the great example for all of us, he was constantly asking people, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? They didn't even know who he was. It was almost like he was, the, he was the one incognito. He was God made flesh. And he came down in a disguise almost and says, I'm going to tell you who I am. And you may accept it and you may reject it, but I'm going to tell you something. All I'm here is to do something for you. But too many times we look at God and we say, like, you've got everything. What is my little gift going to do? What is my little gift? What is my little tithe? What is my little thing going to do? My $100 here, my $50 there. What's that really going to do? Can I tell you what Jesus is trying to tell you is this. It's going to open the doors of heaven. It's going to open the window of heaven. It's going to unleash the floor of heaven and pour blessings all over you. Simply, you may ask, what's it going to do? In other words, why don't we get an attitude of open hands, open heart, open mouth, open eyes, and say, what little I have, I'm going to just offer it out. And the Bible is very clear in the book of wisdom that a man's gift, his money, his talents, his, his giftings, and his time will make room for him at the table of great men. You know what happened after that? When I shared, with, when I shared that, that opportunity with the mayor, we became very close friends. We became very good friends. And within just a few short months, we began to have partnerships. Our nonprofit organization was open. Grants began to come in. We were given properties and we were given, we, we were given homes. And now we are in the process. Now that we, we are able to operate one of the largest housing organizations in the city to be able to help people get uh, and be a part of getting into home ownership. Simply because we said, what can we do for you? We didn't have a handout or a hand opened it for a handout. Just give me, give me, give me, give me. No, we said this. They say of, of our nonprofit organization and the gate going around, what there's in is that if you want, I see that I hear this all the time, is this is what they say about us as the gate. Is you're a church that's doing what churches are supposed to do. That you are a church that has the blessings of God and you're under an open heaven simply because you continually to give even when you don't have it. One pastor called me one day and he said, listen, I just want you to know my pastor, my senior pastor was with you for an afternoon. This was a few years ago. And he says he was with you for one afternoon and he came back and just almost berated us of his staff simply because he did this. He says the gate has does more in one day with nothing than we have done in an entire year with full bank accounts. And what I believe is this. I believe that if we will understand the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the concept of open, we will find ourselves living and breathing and under an open heaven. And he will bless us and continue to bless us. God has given you so much incredible gifts. He's given you salvation. He has given you insight. He's given you dreams and visions beyond your imagination.
He has said that I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. One of my wife's very favorite verses is that in Colossians. And it says there that he is able to give you more than you can possibly think or imagine. And for, for us today, I just want us to understand that the, the principle of open is simply that, is that God is giving us beyond measure, but it's up to us to realize it is for our stewardship, not for our ownership. The same is with us. I want to just go and give it to God and allow him to have it so that he will walk through. And yes, that will open up the conduit heaven just so that we can give more and that we can go and reach more and take the dreams that are beyond our wildest imagination and go and advance the kingdom of heaven so that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen? Well, hey, listen, that's what we have for you today, and I am so excited. And I believe that each one of us, you see, the first part, the only way that we can really live that way is if we first receive and say, God, I give you my life, and he gives us salvation. The, hope in he the open heaven of salvation is so incredible that we will be on an adventure and I want to just invite each one of you that if you're here in this, in listening to me, whatever time and whatever uh, platform you are on right now, wherever you're at in a hub, or you're watching this on demand, or you're watching it live with us right now, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to open up your hands and say, Lord, I give you my life. And in turn, he gives us salvation. He has done it from the, ver from the very beginning of time, and he had already had that plan out. And he's already given and he's already forgiven you. All you have to do is give up and open up heaven for salvation by just simply giving him your life. And I want to just say this. If you are here today and you're listening to me and you say, Jay, that's me. Would you just pray for me and pray with me? I want you just to type in the, in the chat, whether it's online, uh, on our online campus, our YouTube channel, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, you're in a hub. Just go and say, open open, open. And we'll know that you're wanting to open up your life and lift up, the, the, lift up your life to Christ and say, take it. I am yours, whatever you need. And I want to invite you to pray with me about this as well. Pray this with me right now. But I'm going to ask everyone, not just the ones that typed in open or, or you're committing your life, but everyone, pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I don't ask anything from you I ask to give you my life. And today I offer my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Lord, I pray that you will just wash over me your salvation. Make me your child today. And I will live with you and I will live for you. And I will give back all that you've given me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, whether it was for the very first time or the 101st time or whatever case it might have been, I want you to know that you are a child of God right now. We believe that you have been born again, that you've been saved, and that God has washed you clean. And we want to walk with you, and we believe that God has such an incredible thing for you. And as we go forward today, I just pray right now that your will would be done, His will would be done in your life. And we want to bless you today. Vicki and I, were praying for you. We're believing that God has an incredible plan for your life. And he's already begun putting, downloading dreams in you. And as you're faithful to allow your gifts to go back to him. 
and realize that all is, he's the manager of everything, then God will begin to uh, open up an amazing, uh, uh, an amazing dream in your life. But I want to just pray for you and bless you right now. So just stretch your hands toward me and just, uh, just uh, receive this blessing. I bless you now. I bless you in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and all around your, your circle of influence. I bless you now in your children that they would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances that you would have enough to pay your bills and pay them on time as you follow him in biblical stewardship through tithes and offerings. And I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing to all around you. Blessings on you guys. We love you. Have a great, great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.